welcome to the CND podcast. I'm Naima Kalachan and I'm the clinical and custom content editor. Today I'll be speaking to Dr. Mahendra Patel. Dr. Patel is an independent advisor and steering group member who has been closely involved with the Joint National Plan for Inclusive Pharmacy Practice, and he's also one of CND's clinical advisory board members. On the 10th of March, NHS England and Improvement, the Royal Pharmaceutical Society and the Association for Pharmacy Technicians published a joint national plan for inclusive pharmacy practice. In the last year, racial discrimination and disparities towards Black, Asian and minority ethnic groups has been brought to the forefront during COVID-19. This is a welcome development and adopts a collaborative approach to ensure that there is no tolerance of racism or racial discrimination in the workplace. The plan includes projects to develop a menu of accredited training and resources for pharmacy professionals and the first phase wants to ensure a safe and inclusive environment for all patients in all aspects of care. I asked Dr Patel what the next phases of the plan will look like and how the issues of racial discrimination and abuse between pharmacy team members will be tackled. This is what he had to say. Well I guess maybe first of all do you want to talk to me about or share any experiences that you've had of racism in the pharmacy from colleagues or from patients or anything you'd be comfortable telling me of your experiences? I'd have to think very deeply about that and hard really because having been born and bred in this country in the early days I experienced a lot of prejudice and discrimination particularly having grown up in the Enoch Powell days but I sort of I've been reflecting on this and my own experiences putting that aside and the journey that I've had by becoming a, a pharmacist and thereon, I haven't directly been exposed or subjected to any discrimination that I know of, apart from when I had my community pharmacies. There might be odd patients that would say, oh, well, blah, 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 that could be discriminatory. But it became part of my everyday life, having grown up at a time when racial discrimination was at its height, really. So never took much notice, but it was only occasional, particularly because my pharmacy was in a completely white area and I was the only non-white face in that village, really. So it didn't really upset me unduly because I sort of might have been become a little bit hardened as a result. I don't know, or is it just the person I am? No, I, I can understand how you've reacted that way you know these things just kind of just becomes a norm doesn't it whenever you kind of get used to it and that's the sad thing about it you almost don't realize that they're you know racial aggressions towards you because you just kind of brush them off and you think oh whatever that's just that's just yeah and 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 like I say it could be just my personality my nature but I'd have to dig deep to really find somebody that's offended me following my early subjection to racial discrimination and everything else that went with it really so and that includes my work as a pharmacist as a practicing pharmacist in the community but also in the academic sector and wider as you know I'd still have to dig very very deep to see if I can find anything that's really been discriminatory and obviously discriminatory at that point. 
Yeah. Well, let's talk a bit about the joint national plan that was launched. I think it was nearly two weeks ago now. So obviously all the racial inequalities towards black, Asian and minority ethnic communities really came to the forefront during COVID-19. And, you know, it's really highlighted all of the inequalities in the last year. And it's starting to be a big focal talking point in pharmacy. So I just kind of wanted to ask you if you could tell me a bit about the national plan, what it's going to involve and who's involved in the plan. Yeah, so the the national plan is really welcoming and I urge everybody to take ownership of that. And I think that's the one way that it's going to work as effectively as as we'd want it to. And it is a a joint plan with Royal Pharmaceutical Society where we've been really active in supporting and putting the contents of that together with the Association of Pharmacy Technicians, UK APTO, and of course the Chief Pharmaceutical Officers team at NHS ENI, really. And I think it's good to have those bodies in there because if we shout from the top and we get ownership from them and us, then we're sort of building a sort of a plan that people can then shape that's going to really, really work and have some meaning, really, and have some purpose. And then bringing on the partners across the pharmacy sector is key to making this have even more gravity and momentum as we move forward, really. C&D, we ran a webinar last year and a survey, and we've seen the RPS do some things, and we've seen the UK BPA do some things, but there's not really been a collaborative approach so far. And, you know, that seems to be the obvious answer to the issue if we all kind of tackle it together as a profession. Absolutely. And I think from my perspective as a board member of the RPS, and working closely on the development of this plan, it's a whole range of activity to address what we're really now is becoming on the lips of everybody's mouths on a day-to-day basis, which is how do we address equality, diversity, inclusion across our daily working lives and across parts of healthcare. So it is about how we can do that within the pharmacy professional bodies whether it be at an individual, be it an organisation, be it at strategic level, it is actually looking at that objectively and getting your own house in order. I think that's something is, for me, I think, looking at ourselves in the mirror and how can we change that to become more inclusive in our daily practice. The other thing with this is that ultimately it's then designed to deliver healthcare services that could be tailored more effectively to the needs of the local population that we're all serving, particularly within our communities. Understanding those communities better, perhaps this is one way of getting around the large number of years, the decades of years of health inequalities that, again, as I've said, like racial discrimination, has become part of everyday life, really. And we as pharmacists can help in addressing that because we're constantly in touch with our patients, our communities and the families that we serve. So this is not something about being tokenistic. I don't think the organisation, the partner organisation that we've got, the multinationals, everybody that we've got on there, this can't be tokenistic because we've been down that avenue and, and it is more about how can we make this a plan that fits in with the wider NHS objectives of addressing inclusion, diversity and equality. The issue that we would need to 
want to make is, is it sustainable? Does it have meaning? And can we continue to build on it? Because we're all learning. I, from a black and Asian minority ethnic background, I've said it as of many of my colleagues, we continue to learn in this field in every day of our lives. And so therefore, people who are not of an ethnic minority origin, then they would also have that same picture of learning, but they may have a little bit more to learn as well, really. So I think it's making it a sustainable culture of inclusive practice that will benefit our communities, the services that we provide. It's also a great chance to engage and empower the diverse communities and populations in a more inclusive fashion, with some confidence as well, really. Um, and I think perhaps what could be further to that is that actually valuing people and having that culture of zero tolerance when it comes to harassment or discrimination or bullying within the workplace, which many people continue to take it as everyday practice and make them feel in a very awkward space. So it's creating this space of comfort and a two-way dialogue where we are valued equally. We're on the, the same platform as everybody else, irrespective of our ethnic origin or other protected characteristics that need to be also equally considered and understood so that we have a fair and equal platform for people to feel genuinely equal and heard and acted upon when the time comes, really. So for my first look at the plan, to me, it seems we're kind of going to kickstart it off by really looking at the care that we provide patients. And obviously, that's an extremely important area to start off with. But I was a bit concerned that potentially it wasn't necessarily addressing the internal issues within the pharmacy. And I just wanted to get your opinion on that. And if you could you know, shed any light on what further stages of the plan will look like and how that will be included. Well, in terms of the further stages of the plan, we've just started this plan, right? And that came as a result of the first roundtable meeting that we had last year. And there was another roundtable meeting planned in August as well. And it's what do people want? What do our colleagues want? What do they feel? And it gives them an equal opportunity to be heard fairly. And I think that's important so that we can work within those situations, understand those problems and difficulties that others don't have any idea of what that means, really, in terms of making a very safe, a very pleasant, a very fair place to work in and feel that they're being treated fairly as well, really. So I think that's something that we need to address very quickly. I think in terms of the how we go to the next stage, the next roundtable meeting will give us more light as to what people would want, bringing in examples that they've had, bringing in examples of good practice, bringing in examples where they feel that they need more work in these areas. You know, it could be any of the other nine characteristics coming further forward. It's not that the BAME is just one. This is just one part of of the wider work because we want to make this truly inclusive so that everybody feels equal, irrespective of who they are really, and have an equal opportunity. So it will be shaped by the next meeting 
But this is a journey. This is a plan. This is a roadmap type of thing. There's lots of people, lots of organizations that are doing things, but we don't know about what they're doing in terms of addressing inclusion, equality, diversity, and making their place of work a very fair place of work, one where everybody wants to be and feel as equal to everybody else around them. So if we can see that and share that and promote that, it may also give others an impetus to work from, to work with, and perhaps even modify their own practices and changes. So I think that's the other part to that. There'll be some people on that roadmap that are ahead of the curve compared to others. But this is not about naming and shaming. This is about everybody trying to look at themselves and how they can address issues of inequalities and becoming more inclusive within their everyday practice. And that is to cut across different levels of working, different sectors, and throughout the pharmacy profession, really. Just to kind of ask your own opinion, you know, if people wanted to start making changes tomorrow to their own practice, what kind of things would you suggest that people could do, you know, while we're kind of kick-starting this plan and and waiting for the rest of the phases to roll out? The first thing is they can engage with and and join the plan. We've got lots of people now and organisations that are working with us. Let's bring them all onto the table. And if there's anything that they feel that needs addressing, then it also gives others to have a look at that and perhaps to build on that. But also, as I've said, is to look at the good points within this plan that people are doing and continue to do and will build on. You know, there'll be some people far ahead of the curve. It doesn't mean to say we leave them. It means to say that how can they do even better than what they're doing? And people who are not doing as much, what do they need to do? And they can perhaps emulate some of the work that's already been done. It gives an opportunity for people to share those examples. And what I do want people to do is join in the plan, support the plan. This is our plan. This is a joint plan, and it is not just one organization's plan. At the end of the day, this is in black and white, so we become accountable. And what would be nice is to look at where have we been, let's say, last year, if we have to look at our own internal organization, and where are we in six months' time as a result of producing the plan? And that would be good for everybody to share And where can we be in the next six months' time? So looking at that journey plan is something that everybody needs to do in terms of their own internal organisation setup, be it that they need some training in cultural awareness, cultural competency, be it that it could be that why have we not got equal representation at the very tops of our organisation and to look at those critically, be it that there are people in some areas that feel that they don't feel confident enough to apply for the positions where they may have the skills and an aptitude and experience to do so, really. So how can we empower those people more? So making this a practice that people genuinely feel and accept that this is becoming if not completely fair, but as fair as possible, and hopefully with time, really fair for everybody to accept and and think, well, we've made a difference, really. I'm really looking forward to see how it rolls out and what kind of changes we'll be seeing across the profession. Can I just add on to that? You can also see that 
This would mean, of course, from the RPS perspective, from the APTUC perspective, from NHS ENI, they're already doing lots of work within their organizations, but that we can all do more, really. And let's see, you know, this gives an opportunity to see what they are doing and what they can do more with, really, and the progress. It gives people, you know, a real... a sort of a, a picture of where people and organisations are at the moment and how they can improve. Everybody that I've spoken to have said that we can do more. Well, as I've said before, this is not tokenistic. This is not rhetoric. Everybody is accountable that are joining into this to do whatever they can to make it a fair and safe place for people to be thinking that we are now becoming inclusive in our professional practice and also using those skills and knowledges to deliver services through perhaps even education and training that they may need to deliver services to the communities and the people that we serve in a more culturally sensitive manner that may be able to address the minority ethnic groups, people with these characteristics that we talk about that we want to bring in in a more positive and constructive manner in. What I have learned through this plan is that we are doing something for our profession that I've found highly stimulating and uplifting is that other professions, healthcare professions, are looking at how our plan is unfolding and complementing and also it's likely that they could be looking at some of those things and how they can share it in their own work and practice as well. And perhaps is this an opportunity that we can get everybody and all the healthcare professionals to work together on something that really addresses this as just one plan and make it everybody's plan as well, really. There is scope for that, but it's good that other professions are also looking really positive about this plan, perhaps to help move their direction of travel even further in terms of what they're doing as well, really. That was Dr. Mahendra Patel, an independent advisor and steering group member who has been closely involved in the Joint National Plan for Inclusive Practice in Pharmacy. You can find out more about the Joint National Plan on the CND website. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to CND Podcasts on SoundCloud or your preferred app. Thank you for listening.